Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are discussing friendship with an Enneagram type 6. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. The rose today is just getting to run into people who listen to the podcast or follow on Instagram. I was in Rowan this morning at the coffee shop and I ran into one of you and it was just so nice. It just puts like humans to what we're doing here. My thorn is making time for things during the week. I am trying so hard to not put all of my like adult tasks onto my Saturday and it's hard to do, right? Like, it's hard to not just be, I'm so tired at the end of the work day. I don't want to like also water all of my plants, like take my car to the shop, you know, it's, it's not ideal. My bud is I'm teaching a training this Friday and I'm so excited about it. I love in-person trainings. I love getting to meet people in real life. It's a really good one. It's like a, my three hour like introduction to the Enneagram. And then we talk about how Enneagram impacts us at work. I am pumped. So really looking forward to that. Now let's talk about friendship with an Enneagram type six. So first let's talk about what they bring to the table, what we have to learn from our type six, how they benefit our relationships. I think the first one is that our type sixes are just charmingly self-deprecating. I find sixes to be very funny, very nice to be around just because they're not, you know, egotistical, right? Like they tend to be very aware of like what they bring to the table, not, I don't know, just like charmingly self-deprecating. I think that's the best way to phrase it. And my whole thing in life is like, we can get along, we can maintain a relationship as long as you're willing to look at what you bring to the table. Like if I say something to you, even if you don't agree with it, if you're like, I can see how you might be experiencing that, like here's how I'm experiencing it. But if we can just have a conversation about it, oh, I love it. So someone who's willing to kind of laugh at the things about themselves that maybe are difficult, that is an easy relationship to have, in my opinion. Second, they teach us how to seek feedback and advice, to take other people's opinions into account, to not just rely on our own insight and to not get stuck in kind of an echo chamber sometimes of our own brain, but also, you know, they they, they question things, they're constantly questioning and seeking feedback and advice, and that's something that doesn't always work for them, but is something that a lot of us need to learn. Number three, they're loyal, right? Like we know this, they are loyal friends. They are going to stick with you. A lot of times, 
sixes are friends with the people that they met in elementary school, right? Like they stick with a relationship and they're not quick to give up on people. Number four, they think things through. This is what I need from the sixes in my life the most is the ability to consider what might not go right. What what do I need to be prepared for? What can I think, how can I think ahead? Oftentimes I just jump into things so fast and then I think, oh, it's gonna work out perfectly. This is gonna be great. And then I lose sight of, you know, well, the, the night before I'm like, oh no, I didn't ask the, all these questions that I should have asked or figure out all of these things that I needed to figure out. And now I'm just kind of like going in blind. All right, number five, they often just have what you need. I've heard so many sixes say this, that they um, are often just like the one with the bag with all the things. And I think I have a five actually who has a six wing in one of my, in my street team. And she even said like, I typically, I carry around a stapler. Like sixes tend to be like so prepared for their own lives that they have what you might need. And this is something that I channel from my sixes in my life. Um, you know, like I have a first aid kit in my car and in my travel bag. I have like, I always have headache medicine in my purse. I always have um, electrolyte drinks in my purse. And I just love being able to be the person that people can count on to have the thing that you need them to have. Or, um, And I think sixes are really just pros at this. And it's good to have in a friend, you know? Okay, so let's talk about if you are a type six, what are some things about friendships that maybe aren't working for you or maybe things that you do that aren't working for your relationships or essentially even just like ways that you could expand. Number one, you know, going with the flow. Sometimes in friendship, in order to have like the most fun, you do need a little bit of that like go with the flow energy. And I think it's something that's fun to tap into. It may not be the way that you want to operate all the time. It may not be how you always feel. But sometimes, and I know you know the feeling because I have the sixes in my life who when they tap into this are so fun because they just kind of like turn it on and they're like, okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to run with this. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not totally comfortable being out of control of the situation, but I'm going to just be here for the experience. And it's so fun. And I think it's something that aids your friendships a lot when you kind of allow at least periodically space for that time. Number two is for your sake, six is knowing when to quit. Not every friendship needs to be for life. Not every friendship is doing you a service. Not every person that you put in a role of authority in your life should be there. And depending on your subtype, this is going to look different. You know, like a counterphobic six is going to look very different than a social six who's going to look very different than a self-preservation six in this regard. But whatever your relationship is to authority and to loyalty, you know, kind of, you know that for yourself. Think about, you know, sometimes you're sticking it through longer than you should, even when that relationship is unhealthy, even when it's not serving you, even when it's maybe not not doing you a service, you know, and it's just like a kind of someone who's like consistently taking and taking. Um, I have a piece in the new book about this, about, um, I call it a book about my birdhouse, okay? Um, hear me out. It's about an old birdhouse that I have in my yard that I'm very attached to because it's a birdhouse that has like 
watched me live my life, right? It's the one that's been there since we moved in. And it it's not a functioning birdhouse, right? It's like it has holes all in it. The roof is rotting. It's tilted to the side. No birds use it. If they did try to use it, it would just fall over. And my husband wants to replace it with like an actually functioning birdhouse. And I won't allow it because it's like this familiar one that I know, but the one, it's not doing its job. And I compare that in the book to a friendship I had, you know, where it's like I was keeping this friendship alive because it had been there for so long and it had seen me grow and it had seen me change. But when I looked at it on paper, when I really looked at it, it was like this friendship sucked. Like this person was not nice to me. They abandoned me at a bar one time and and a strange man had to walk me home. You know, our conversations were like, always about them giving me advice when they didn't even have experience doing the things that I was trying to do. It was like a really bad friendship, but I was just like really holding on to it because I wanted it to work because it had been there for so long. And that's kind of like that, right? It's like, it's not a functioning birdhouse. It's not a functioning friendship. Sometimes the things that have been there the longest aren't always the best. And so that is one thing I really hope you take away from this episode six is is that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes those oldest friendships aren't always the best, most functioning ones. Okay, number four. Nope, number three, self-trust, right? Like, you know this, like building up your sense of self-trust so that you're not going to other people to give you a sense of what you should do for yourself, right? You are responsible for your own decisions and going to, you know, scanning a room, going to all of these things, going to all these different people, asking them for feedback, one confuses you, right? It doesn't actually leave you with more clarity because everybody's gonna answer differently. But two, it puts a strain on those relationships. And when you, you know, when that relationship is a lot of like you asking for advice and not a lot of them getting to ask you for advice because you don't trust yourself, then it can get into this one-sided dynamic where it can feel like the whole relationship and the whole conversations become what you need, how you're feeling, what you're consumed with at the time. And then the person that you're talking to may not get to be heard. And so um, it's important to just pause for a second and say like, am I overusing the advice from this friend? Do I trust this friend more than I trust myself? And the other side of that, the other side of over trusting someone else and and not trusting yourself is that people get to speak into your life who maybe don't deserve to, or maybe who don't know as much as you. I've had sixes tell me like on panels and workshops, they've said like, I ask my mom for advice about my job, even though I'm the only one who has my job. Like I've been in this job for years. My mom's never done the work that I'm doing, but for whatever reason, I go to her, I ask her for advice, even though like I'm the expert. And I think that's the other, right? That's like, there's multiple sides to the self-trust thing. The first one is it's confusing. It's debilitating and it, it feeds indecision. The second is that it can consume a relationship to where the relationship can become one-sided. And third, it can put people in your life in positions of authority that they were never meant to have, that they're not even qualified to have. And it can put that relationship in the wrong position in your life, preventing you guys from having the real relationship that 
would maybe serve you, right? A mom-daughter relationship is lovely and it shouldn't replace that. Uh, it, should, it doesn't need to be a, work, a working relationship, right? So number five, gosh, number four is getting out of your comfort zone. Um, this is kind of going along with the go with the flow piece of this. Um, a lot of times our sixes and our nines both, they do this too, but get into these like cozy routines of, of things that are comforting, comforting, um, familiarity, maybe watching the same TV show over again, watching the same movies over and over again, um, getting into these routines that feel really safe, reliable, predictable, and that's all well and good. But the sixes in my life who've been the happiest, who have, I've seen the most full of like joy and pleasure are the ones when they like step out of that space and they move into a space of um, a little bit of frivolity, a little bit of spontaneity, riding the riding the ride with your friends for a little bit, um, doing things that maybe you wouldn't normally do with the attitude of this might surprise and delight me. Now, I'm not saying that this is, you need to change. Like if this doesn't come naturally to you, some sixes, I think it comes more naturally than others. But if you're like, this has not come naturally to me, I think do this once a quarter, you know, like let's pace this out. <laughs> but I do want to see you have those experiences with friends. Maybe you travel somewhere you've never been before because your friends really want to go. Or maybe you travel alone. Maybe you do this, you know, opening yourself up to new experiences is going to do a few things for your relationships. Number one, it's going to be fun and we need to have fun together, right? Number two, it's gonna give you more things to talk about that aren't the same things you always talk about. If you wake up, go to work, come home, watch The Office again, go to bed, there's not that much more to say other than those like constant overthinking questions that we have. But when you get into this like new experiences and you try something new, well then it, all of a sudden it's like you're faced with your own humanity, you're put into uncomfortable positions, or maybe you learn something about a culture that you didn't know before. And then all of a sudden you have more things to share instead of just more things to question. All right, final one for where to expand. It's just really believing that people like you, okay? When someone pays you a compliment, when someone says they love being your friend, just trusting that they're telling you the truth. And I know that this isn't the easiest thing to do. I know that our psyches are built to protect us and are built to be skeptical of these things. But the truth is, most of us are not saying things that we do not mean, um, especially compliments. like that especially with real friends like you can trust that the people in your life like you and that they have positive things to say because they feel positive things about you and believing that is going to help you feel so much safer in those relationships and not feel as like doubtful or uncertain or like you have to show up a certain way or you're gonna let them down or you can fail them because you have like this deep certainty that you are loved or that you belong or that this relationship is good because like you actually believe the good things about it, which is going to make it easier to maintain in the long run. And um, yeah, you can trust that that people like you and that you are you are likable and that there's there's the positive things that people say to you are, are real. All right, now, if you're in friendship with a type six, these are some things to not take personally. It's their stuff, it's not really about you. Don't assume that it's about you. Number one, they aren't the most enthusiastic supporters. Like, and it's honestly their way of being supportive. Like, 
If you go to a seven and you say, I'm thinking about starting a business, I want to sell ice cream to unicorns. I believe there's a unicorn market and I want to make, I want to be the provider of ice cream for them. Okay. And the seven is like, do it. There's so many unicorns in the world. It's just going to be a great business. You're going to thrive. That is one way to be supportive, right? That's often the way that type seven seeks support and offer support, right? This undying belief. Um, now, if you take that same strategy to the six, the six is likely to greet you with, well, how many unicorns are there in the world? Have you ever seen a unicorn? Where where would you go to find the unicorns? Are they in our city? Are you going to sell it online? Do you know how to make ice cream? Um, have you thought about licensing? You know, they're going to greet you with that. And that's their own form of support, right? Because they're, they want you to succeed. And I think this is the misunderstanding that we have with sixes a lot of times is we think that they're focused on the negative because they're, they're pessimists, right? Which is kind of like the definition, right? That is like an element of six, but it's not from a sense of like everything is doomed. I think it's more from the sense of like, I want to guarantee a positive outcome. And so I want to be prepared so that we don't have a negative outcome. And so when they ask you these questions, it's because they care about you. They want you to succeed and they want to guarantee a positive outcome for you. And if they hear you saying you're selling ice cream to unicorns, they're going to want to know who those unicorns are and where you're going to find them because they've never seen one. And they want to, they're going to want to like encourage you to shift in the direction of something that would be more stable. And so don't take it personally that they are, it's not that they don't believe in you. That's where I think we get mistaken and where we can take things personally is we can think like, oh, this type six friend doesn't believe that I can do it. They don't believe in me, but that's not it. I think that they do believe in you because they're asking these questions because they want to see you succeed. And they just, they're, they are, their brain moves in the direction of like, well, what could go wrong? Like, how can I guarantee a positive outcome here so quickly that that's likely their first response, you know? And it's not because they don't believe in you. It's because they want us, they want you to succeed. They care about you. Number two, don't take it personally if they are stressed out by that thing that you think is fun or don't want to do certain things with you. Um, I think that's the the thing I was saying for sixes is like expand your comfort zone. Um, be willing to kind of be spontaneous and go with the flow sometimes. But if you're friends with a type six and you take them somewhere they've never been before, you're doing something new and they're complaining about it, don't take that personally. It's not that like you failed or you've given them a bad experience. It's just that they're like uncomfortable and maybe doing something that's like outside of their comfort zone or new or unfamiliar and they're exploring the part of them that's open to that, but it may be through the lens of what they wish was different or what could be done differently or maybe how insecure they're feeling, you know, depending on where their subtype is and kind of what they're focused on, it's going to have a different tone, but don't get your feelings hurt if they don't love everything that you do together because they're maybe more preoccupied with how it could be different or maybe being prepared or maybe feeling uncomfortable. All of that is not about you. It is about just like their experience with themselves and being out of their comfort zone. Number three, don't take it personally if they don't want to be friends with your new friend. Sixes are slow (laughs) to warm up to people. They kind of tend to keep people at arm's length, kind of test people. 
Um, they are quick to make a decision about someone. Like, I like that person. I don't like that person. Um, they're kind of testing that, you know, can I trust you? Are you, are you trustworthy? Are you someone who feels like you belong in my inner circle? So if you make a new friend, if you're maybe someone who's more flippant with making new friends, not as guarded, and your sixth friend does not want to hang out with all of you all together, don't take that personally. It's not about like them not wanting to hang out with you. It's just kind of like new people are a lot and there's a lot there and they may not be into it. And they may be less inclined to like as many people as you like. And that's also fine. It's not about you. It's just kind of like their orientation toward the toward new people is to test it and make sure it's safe. And that takes some time. All right, so let's get into type-specific combinations. So if you've been listening to this series, you're going to hear some repeats here because I'm going back through some that we've already covered. Like we've already covered one through five, but I'm going to repeat it here just in case you didn't listen to those episodes. So for that type one, type, type six combo, the pros here are they may be um, very comfortable with a set of roles where the six allows the one to be in control as they seek someone to take the lead. The con is that this can also be the exact issue for them. So as sixes seek to grow their sense of self-trust and ones seek to grow their belief that there are multiple viewpoints, they're going to need to work on that together. It's going to be kind of an area of mutual growth. Number two, type two, the pros here are that sixes and twos have a similar comfort as a two-two combo, um, except with a nice balance of energies, with sixes being a head type and two being in their heart. Um, they, they tend to both take care of other people. They don't want to let other people down. They're very relational. There's likely a lot of mutual respect there. Now the cons, that they can find themselves in that parent-child dynamic. If the six is still working on self-trust and the two is still focused on earning love, then it can turn into that dynamic I talked about earlier where the six is constantly seeking advice from the two and then it can feel like you're constantly getting advice and that feels bad. We talked about that earlier as well. But also like you're constantly taking from the two and the two may not feel like they're receiving. Type three, the pros here that both are great at working toward a goal. They can help each other achieve um, with like building out lives together. They likely share interest on interests or maybe communities that they're both invested in. Maybe they have similar political views or, or religious views, things like that. Now the cons are that they can actually really enhance each other's blind spots, the desire to conform and fit in. There may be a sense of competition or a need to be recognized for your hard work. And this can kind of feed you can feed each other in that kind of the more negative view of that. The six four combo, the pros here are that they can connect in their sense of being on their own without support. Like they both kind of feel like they're floating in the universe and they may offer support to each other in that feeling, you know, kind of saying, yes, that I understand that feeling. I felt that feeling. And the cons are that they can have a lot of reactivity in that friendship. Fours may be more sensual and explorative than sixes feel comfortable with, which could also make the four feel judged. Now that five, six combo, the pros here that they're likely to really respect each other intellectually and professionally. Sixes are more relational and reactive, which can actually be a compliment to the type five as the six pursues the relationship and they keep it going while the five can offer insight into self-trust. Now the cons here that they can feed each other's worst fears. 
sixes passing on their worst case scenario thinking, and fives passing on their propensity toward darkness. It can be a pair that bonds on the negative and they may struggle to get out of that if they're not careful. Now a six-six combo, and this is kind of a pattern here that when you're friends with someone who's a similar type to you, you're typically pretty comfortable with each other. Um, and sixes is actually a pretty common thing. They tend to find each other and it can be a really relaxing, trusting dynamic where both feel like they can be fully themselves. And that's generally how that type specific combo goes if you're two of the same type. The cons here are also pretty similar with types, like two types together, is that they can sink into those lower level behaviors together. So for type six, that can be negativity or doubts. Um, they may become dissatisfied with the situation without coming up with like constructive solutions, just kind of saying this isn't working for me, but not figuring out how to fix it. Now, a friendship with a seven, the pros here are that sevens can bring in lightness to the six and sixes can bring practicality for the seven. The con is that sevens may grow tired of the negativity that sixes can get caught up in. Having their dreams squashed, like we talked about earlier, if they, you know, taking that personally or feeling really frustrated by that. And then sixes may be stressed out by sevens seemingly reckless behavior, like spending all their money to go do something might not be fun for a six, you know. Um, now type eight, type six combo. The pros here are that they're likely to keep their circle small. Um, both of them tend to not trust new people and be very cautious with new people. So their circles are likely to be small and trustworthy as they both, again, tend to be skeptical of new people. The six may be able to have their opinions heard and executed by the eight, which is a really fun combination for getting things done. Now the con is that the eight may grow tired of the phobic six specifically questioning things and they may feel bothered by the counterphobic's refusal to fall in line with their plans. Sixes may feel rebellious toward the eight's tendency to take charge. Like they may start to associate them with being an authority and feel frustrated by that or rebellious toward that. And then finally, our type nine six combo. This combination is calm, stable, and supportive. They honestly could be one of the easiest friendship combos out there. Like this is a really natural, easy dynamic. The cons here though, are that they both feel social roles to the point of losing themselves if they're not careful. So they may avoid conflict, but they could also find that they struggle to have fun together as they both dislike change and prefer the familiar. It's easy to stagnate in a routine that doesn't really offer much growth or new experiences. So I hope that's helpful, friends, those of you who are type six or those of you in a friendship with type six, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.